And it is episode 55 here of the Cherokee Rewind. We thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'm Mick, and well, you know that already, but uh, my guest this time around is a guy who played back in the 2000, in the early part of this century, 2000, uh, 2000s, I guess is the best way to put it. And uh, he goes by the name of Tim Hurst. And Tim, uh, I do a thing on these podcasts where I try to remember, honestly, it's guess, what number you wore when you played for Toledo. And I'm going to guess here. I'm gonna, I, I, I mean, I remember you sure as, as the Dickens, but I just can't remember what jersey you wore. I'm going to take a guess and say 23. Uh, I was not. I actually, I actually played under two different numbers. Uh, first year I came back, I was 28. And then the second year that I came back, I went back to my uh, usual number 11. Okay. Well, I was nowhere close. So, okay, well, we got that figured out. Well, if you slice an eight and a half, I guess you get a three, so it's pretty close. <laughs> you know, I like you. You you you, yeah. use, you use the kind of thought process I would – I'm just mad you beat me to it. Anyway. Um, well, my, thought, my thought process, Nick, is why the hell you wait until episode 55 to bring me on, but hey, it is what it is. Yeah, all right. well, consi- all things considered. <clears throat> but, yeah. uh, you know, I, I had to say, Tim who? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what else is saying right now, too. No, not a chance, buddy. Sorry, you, you don't you don't get away that easy. Um, well, let's start with the basics first. Uh, what uh, what got you interested in the game, and how old were you when you first put on a pair of skates? Oh, geez. Um, well, my dad, my dad, my older brother played. Uh, so I, I, I mean, my first real memory, I guess, I was probably two, three years old when my dad took me out on the ice. Uh, first year organized, I know I was about four years old, playing in Sylvania. Uh, but I mean, it's really just behind my, you know, I mean, my dad played the sport, my brother played the sport, so I just kind of, you know, wanted to follow their footsteps, I guess. Well, how, how, uh, what uh, level did your dad play through to? Uh, I mean, he didn't really play anything serious. You know, I mean, he played a little bit in high school, um, you know, back up in Michigan. He just kind of, you know, I mean, I only really remember him playing, uh, you know, playing men's league right there at Tamil Shannon. That's all I remember. Okay. He wasn't, any, he wasn't anything good. He'd tell you different, but he wasn't any good. <laughs> Oh, I love this already. Um, but uh, uh, now your brother, when he played, did he go? He may, he play up through high school. Uh, he played. I think he stopped his junior year. Uh, he got really into working. Uh, he was always somebody who wanted to make his own money and stuff. So sports just kind of fell fell by the wayside for him. He was more into uh, making money. And nothing wrong with that. Yes. You know. So um, now for you, uh, do you remember your first coach when you first started playing over at Tam? Pretty sure my first coach was probably uh, Mr. Tom Lavoy. I mean, I played uh, you know, I played for for his team for quite a few years with the same uh, you know same core of kids. Now, so I mean, he had to probably be one of my first actual coaches. Now, did you do you remember any of the kids that you played with back then that you uh, stuck with for a few years? Um, so I played Sylvania for a bit, and then I went up and played Detroit, and then I came back and played with some of the same guys, and we went to high school together. So I mean, some of the names that I played with for a really long time would have been. Um, Eric Lavoy, um, Adam Thanasu, um, Alvin Hirschfeld, obviously. I mean, I played with him before before he moved to Atlanta, then after he moved back from Atlanta for high school. Um, uh, Bobby McElhaney was always our goalie there for a while, even through high school. Um, I, I think that was like kind of the core. Like the five of us were kind of always kind of together, I guess, up through our senior high school. Okay. Now, where did you got? Where did you play? Northview. Yes. Yeah. 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 I went to Northview. So, well, well, first we'll get to that in a minute, but. Um, 
when you played uh, out, of, out of Tam when you were a little guy, uh, what was that like? Was that like uh, for you? Were you excited? Were you feeling like, man, this is almost as good as playing in the show? Um, I mean, obviously back then, yeah. I mean, it was definitely a lot of fun. You know, we, you know, we had a really good team, so you know, you know, we'd win some tournaments. Like I remember winning um, uh, silver sticks. You know, I know that was a big one back in the day. You know, like I remember winning that once. We had a banner up at Tamil Shanner and stuff like that. That was always pretty cool. Um, in terms of the show, I mean, it was definitely. You know, I, I was too young to be thinking about that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know if I really ever, um, really ever understood about any of that. You know, in terms of that high of a level. Um, you know, maybe it was a dream at one point, but I never really thought of it, uh, thought of it like that, I guess. Okay. Well, I mean, but, um, as you went on through uh, the years, when did, what, uh, do you remember how old you were when you went up to Detroit? Uh, I was 10 years old. Um, I went up and played for Copyware for about two years, I think. And then I played for the Michigan Ice Dogs. They are now, uh, what do they call I think they're called Victory Honda last time I checked. It's been a while since so I've been in the, in that game. But yeah, so I did, I'm pretty sure I did three years up in Detroit. That sounds about right. Okay. Uh, was there anybody there that you remember uh, playing with that uh, stood out for you? Yeah, on uh, Copter, I played with uh, Joey Tolls. Um, you know, and he was always my, you know, I'm another Toledo guy. I think uh, me and him were the only guys really from the Toledo area that played up on that team. So, uh, you know, we carpool here and there, and um, you know, I knew him pretty well. So that was definitely somebody I remember. I was gonna say when you play like that, I mean, was it kind of like us against the Detroit guys when you two went up there? Or was it? Did did you guys hit it off pretty good with them? Oh, I think we hit off pretty well. You know, um, you know, I mean, some about some of those teams. You know, they, you know, I mean, some of the guys would come in from, you know, from all over the state. I remember some guys kind of, you know, even from Western Michigan that would drive in. It was kind of, you know, as I got older and started to realize, you know, about like where people actually came for for those teams. It's, um, I mean, I feel like our team was always a really good like community feel. So it's almost more like Copyware against, you know, Copper against Bell Tire, Copper against Little Caesars, and you know, all those teams. I think we kind of had a pretty good camaraderie between the team. Yeah. So um, now, was there any guys on that team or on those teams that you played against or with later when you were in Toledo? Um, I mean, I know I used to kind of train with Joey Tolls and stuff growing up. Uh, you know, you know, as we both got to kind of like our junior level. Um, you know, we'd skate out at uh, Tamil Shannon pretty early in the morning. You know, it was usually like me, him, uh, Taylor Rask was always out there uh nick carillo uh you know it's always a good little group of guys but um some of those guys on the teams no i mean we kind of went our separate ways and uh you know i kind of got into my own stuff too you know because i played a lot of golf too so i you know that was just um i don't know it was always tough for me to really understand if i really want to play hockey or not so that was always um i always feel like more of my friends really center on the golf game i guess if that makes sense i know that's kind of a different question you asked but yeah no no this that's the whole idea of this is we're yeah. we're going all over the place there's no yeah. rhyme no reason no perfect answer so yeah. now uh how, how old were you when you took up golf oh about the same age uh, golf's, you know, about years old i mean uh golf's kind of like the family sport of my dad's side of the family so mm-hmm. you know if you weren't playing golf you weren't really hanging out with the family too much so <laughs> now uh i know i take it you still golf to this day Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I still like to play quite a bit. And obviously, you know, this past year with COVID and stuff, I probably played more golf than I have in, probably since high school. Wow. Now, yeah. what's your favorite course? Um, I mean, I, I'd probably, like, my favorite course to play is uh, definitely Highland Meadows over there in Sylvania. I mean, my parents have belonged there for, you know, going on 30 years now. So, I, yeah, I have some of my fondest memories there. 
I mean, it's just definitely where I started playing. It's where I always want to play. It's a course I never get tired of. So definitely go Ohio Meadows. Okay, that's cool. Now, yeah. um, so when you uh, did you start as a as a freshman uh, playing hockey in Northview? Yeah, I did. I did. Played four years there. Okay. And uh, how did you guys do as far as uh, gunning for any kind of uh, hard hardware? Um, I mean, uh, our our senior we made it to the uh, state final. We lost. Uh, I think it was Padua. Mm-hmm. We lost to Padua in the state finals. Um, freshman year we were pretty good, uh, but that was kind of at the tail end of uh, Bowling Green's domination, if you will. Yeah. Um, you, you know, and they were still pretty solid. Uh, sophomore year was a bit of a down year, but uh, our junior senior we were pretty good. But uh, senior was definitely our best year. Obviously, you know, we made it all the way. Just you know, we got beat up in overtime. It is what it is. It's a long time ago. I've been over for a long time still. So no, no, that's fine. I, mean, yeah. I understand that. I mean, but and hey, yeah. you know what? You tip your hat to Padua because they were yeah. a very good team, and they've got they they got there too. So, but the fact that you guys went, it wasn't like you got blown out, man. You guys went to overtime. So, you know, no, 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 uh, no shame in that. Now, um, when you played, uh, what was your role there uh, in high school? I mean, were you like more of the physical enforcer type? I know you don't fight, but I mean, as far as uh, being a physical intimidator, uh, was that kind of your role there? Or did they rely on you to put the puck in the net? I get into those questions. Uh, I mean, in high school, I was always kind of the fat kid, so I was definitely uh, standing in front of the net just trying to bang home rebounds. That was always what I was probably best at. I mean, I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like to consider myself a goal scorer, I guess, but, uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I know I was always a bigger kid, so I was expected to be physical. I mean, I could definitely, you know, bang with whoever, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I always wanted to score goals. I mean, that's who gets paid the most. That's who gets, uh, that's who gets paid, and that's who gets laid, I guess. So it's always kind of what I wanted to do. Okay, well, um, now when uh, who, when you played in high school, do you remember who your line mates were? Yeah, uh, I played with uh, the same guys really all four years. It was uh, Eric Lavoy and Alden Hirschfeld. I mean, we we played together for four years in a row. Oh, that's a pretty good uh, that's a pretty good combination right there. Cause yeah, it, it was a good time. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a little bit. Uh, each of you bring a little bit different aspect to the of the game, you know, out on the ice, and that. I mean, good chemistry is good chemistry, no matter how you slice it. So, I mean, that's the way I look at it anyway. How about you? Yeah, I might agree there, you know. I mean, I now that I uh, said that, I think all of them might have came in our sophomore year. But um, I know I played with Eric all four years. And I think all of them might have been sophomore. But, I mean, it was just, you know, I mean, we had known each other since we were, you know, three, four years old. So it just always worked out really well. I mean, um, you know, I mean. You know, you hear those those people say that they kind of knew where they were without even looking. I mean, it was definitely one of those situations. I mean, we you know we just put the puck in an area and knew the other one's gonna be there. You know, I mean, we we played together for so long, practiced together for so long. You know, I mean, there wasn't even much talking. We just knew where to go. Wow, and that's what they call magic. So yeah. you know, it is. And now, um, who was your coach when you were at Northview? Um, it was Jim Cooper still. Jim Cooper. Okay. Yeah. What was it like playing for him? Uh, Coop was a great guy. I mean, I can never, I mean, there's nothing negative I could ever say about Coop. I mean, he was, uh, you know, I mean, he was a great motivator. Um, you know, he put people around him that, uh, you know, they really knew the game and really could help his coach. I mean, he was just, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, not that he was like a second father. Cause you know, like I had a great first father, so I didn't really need a second father, but you know, if I needed one, you know, like I knew he was there to help with just about anything. Cause I mean, that was the great thing about him. He, he probably cared a lot less about, 
what was happening on the ice and he cared a lot more about your life outside. So, I mean, that's what I always you know, seem to gravitate towards him for. You know, I mean, I, I probably have more memories of Koopa just, uh, you know, showing up in the locker room, you know, two, you know, two or three hours before the game and just listening to him blaring, uh, you know, his opera music and stuff. And then just kind of talking to him, just kind of, you know, shooting the breeze with him. I mean, those are the best memories I have of him. I, I feel like none of them really center around hockey. He's just a great guy. Well, that's those are the ones still that is. impact I mean, he's, he's you. He's still alive. I don't want to sit there and act like he's dead. He's still alive. He's still a great guy. Yeah, I, I just you know we lost touch. I, I just lost touch with a lot of people because I've just kind of bounced around the country. Um, you know, he's definitely somebody I you know I wish I would have stayed more in touch with. But you know, as you get older, you know, you start getting more family stuff going and stuff. So you know, it's not that I regret it, but you know, I feel like if we saw each other, it'd be like no time had passed. So definitely one of my favorite people. Very good. Now, uh, so you finished playing, uh, and after the the run you had in, in your senior year. Um, what did you think about doing? Were you looking at maybe uh, playing hockey some more at a college level or did you decide you, you know, I mean, I mean, I know what you did, but I mean, as far as what was your thought process going through as far as, you know, I want to play in college. I want to go the junior route. Uh, maybe I just want to chuck it all and start my own think tank. Uh, <laughs> you know, just, well, actually, I mean, it's funny. Uh, out of high school, I actually uh, enrolled to go to uh, University of Toledo with the expectation of walking on the golf team because uh, I just kind of had this idea that I was done with hockey. Um, I was actually working at the uh, Fifth Third Field, right, down there with the Mud Ends. Um, I used to work in the suites up there. Okay. And um, all of a sudden, one night, I just kind of got a call from the coach who was going to be coaching the Columbus junior team back in the day when um, you know Columbus had a team in the CSHL. Mm-hmm. and um, he had just called me and said, hey, we're doing a camp out in Pittsburgh, and he's kind of asked me if I want to go out and skate. Well, at that point, I was uh, quite a few beers deep into my uh, golfing game, and I was about, <laughs> I was about 260-some pounds. And, um, you know, my, my brother had kind of struggled his first year in college, so I talked over with my dad, and he just kind of thought maybe it would be a best idea to kind of put college on hold, knowing he'd always be there, and just kind of go out there and see what happened. You know, I skated with him for a weekend. Um, you know, they asked me to play. I mean, not that it was, you know, I mean, that Columbus team was probably one of the worst teams in the history of uh, the CSHL, so it's not like I got hooked up to anything good. But, you know, it was just uh, an opportunity for me, I guess, to keep playing hockey. Um, I, I, to be honest with you, I tried to quit hockey after my junior year of high school, too, and just uh, just focus on golf. My dad uh, kind of put the kibosh on that one, wouldn't let me do that. So I feel like I'd, I've been basically trying to run away from hockey my whole life. I keep getting sucked back into it. So, <laughs> I guess, yeah, so that's kind of... So yeah, I was supposed to, I was supposed to go play golf, but um, I ended up uh, going to play for Columbus. That was uh, 2006. Yeah, 2006, 2007. I went to play for Columbus for um, what was his name? Scott. Oh, Scott Levin's down there. Okay. Yeah. Now, what what was it like once you got there? I mean, was it as bad as you thought it would be? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I'll be honest. Our, our team was uh, our team was god awful, but um, we 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 did have a couple good players. Um, I ended up actually having a decent year, I guess. You know, I, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, so, but, uh, you know, like I made some of my best friends there. Uh, Steve Simmer, who is still, you know, one of my best friends, you know, I mean, he was, you know, I'm using my wedding, stuff like that. So um, it, it was definitely awesome. It, it was good to keep the game going. But, um, you know, I guess from there is when I kind of got, you know, some, some D3 looks for college. But, uh, yeah, I guess, I, I don't know. That's, that's a tough one. Did it go as well? I guess it went all right. It was good. Well, if it, made, if it got you some good relationships out of the deal, I'd say you did fine. Yeah. Um, so now when uh, 
how did you end up uh, leaving Columbus? I mean, did you get called up and then, or did you get traded? How, how did that happen? Um, I mean, I finished the year with Columbus, and then from there, I actually had an offer to go play uh, D3 at uh, UMass Dartmouth over there in uh, Dartmouth, Massachusetts. Uh, so I, so I went over there, uh, I was there for a semester. Um, you know, I, I don't know, I've always, I've, I've always had this thing with hockey where I blamed other people or whatever, maybe, I don't know, but, uh, you know, like I went over there, the coach played me for one game. I had two shifts. I scored one goal. And then he just said, I probably wasn't going to play for the rest of the season, which just kind of baffled me. Uh, so I ended up, uh, basically just walking away from that team. And then that's how I ended up with uh, Toledo. Uh, Cause literally right when I, right when I told the coach, I wasn't going to play anymore. I called, uh, uh, big Tom Higgins, mm-hmm. big Tom Higgins and told him that, you know, I, you know, I want to keep playing hockey. I just wonder if there's an opportunity in Toledo just cause you know, like you know, my parents were in Sylvania. So it'd just be the easiest thing. Just kind of live at home for a bit and kind of figure out what I was going to do. Very good. And, uh, so, and so Higgy, uh, I, I presume welcomed you back here with, uh, open arms. Yeah. I mean, we had known, I mean, I played hockey with Michael Higgins growing up and we had known the Higgins family since, you know, I was three years old. So. It was an easy opportunity for me. Okay. So what was it like when you walked into that Toledo locker room for the first time? Well, it's, it's funny because uh, the first time I actually played for them, it was uh, they were out in uh, Davenport, Iowa, playing in uh, Tri, uh, Tri-City. So um, I actually flew from uh, Boston out to Iowa to actually meet them on the road while I was finishing up school uh, so I could get a few games. And so I actually walked in there. Um, Basically, the only person I knew on the team was uh, Brent Bain at the time, just because, uh, you know, I mean, we had gone to Northy together. So that's really the only person I knew. So, you know, it was did a little uncomfortable. I was going to say, did you feel any apprehension or any butterflies when you walked in there? Well, I mean, you know, I'll have to be honest with you, go, going to play for Duncan, uh, the, first, the first memory I had of Ian Duncan was when I was playing for Columbus. And uh, being the hefty guy that I was on the power play, I was told to stand on the far blue line, you know, be that guy to spread the ice. And I'll never forget this because I just had this conversation with him uh, a couple weeks ago. I'm sitting there in front of their bench, and I just hear nonstop, you know, fat ass this, fat ass this, where's the treadmills, all that. So I'm basically looking back, expecting to see some teammates, or, you know, some of their players yelling at me. But it was actually Ian Duncan with his foot on the top of the bench with his mouth right in my ear yelling at me about getting on a treadmill. So... After that first introduction to Ian Duncan, I wasn't sure how I would be received. But, uh, you know, here we are 12 years later. Uh, Duncan's still my favorite guy, and I guess it worked out, right? <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll never forget that one. You know, being uh, I was getting chirped pretty hard by, by their coach. It wasn't even their players yelling at me. So I was definitely apprehensive when I first showed up. Okay. So uh, do you remember who you uh, who you were line mates were for that? Yeah, I played with uh, Bain and Bubba. Uh, Bubba Cole. Yep. Yeah, yep. Andrew Kolb, I tell you, yep. those guys. Um, yep. I just I always remember because Dunk would always had this, because uh, usually they he would uh, uh, Bubba would stay either stay out a little too long, or uh, he he would take chances sometimes that you you kind of go wait a minute easy Bubba, and and, <laughs> and and Dunk would yell. You could always tell when Dunk wasn't happy because he would you could the whole arena could hear him yelling and he'd be going. Baba. <laughs> so I always remember that it was always Baba, and he would always he'd always uh, give him a give him a yell or two. But uh, you know, um, so yeah, Bob was always a selfish prick. He knows that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's coaching now. He's up in. Uh, uh, I heard that. Yeah. Yeah, he is coaching now out in 
the Midwest somewhere. I, I, I'm not sure where he's at right now, but I know he texted me a couple years ago. We were talking about because uh, where he was coaching at that time, uh, they had him on the radio every week doing interviews and stuff. And he goes, I just think back to the when you used to interview me because he was such a terrible interview because he was always nervous and quiet and shy. He didn't say a whole lot. And so he he I would ask him a question and my question was longer than the, any of the answers he gave me. So it was it was always kind of tough. It was kind of like pulling teeth, but he got he got it through it. And he said, sure, yeah. uh, in terms of, I mean, you know, he was selfish, yes, but he also had the personality of a bag of onions. So I totally get what you're saying. So <laughs> I get you. Oh. And again, I, I, you know, I hope if anyone's going to listen to this one, now it's going to be Bubba. So. Oh, right. Well, the, there are a lot of people from different eras that listen to this, so don't. Uh, worry. Yeah, yeah. You know. Maybe tag Bob on this one so he knows I'm talking about. <laughs> now, have you heard from him lately or recently, or? No, I really haven't. You know, I, uh, I mean, what did I do? I, you know, I got done playing hockey. You know, my first year of college, I went down to Arizona State, mm-hmm. and uh, from there, you know, I was down there, kind of fell out of touch with people. Um, I ended up graduating from Kent State, but then from there I moved to uh, Western Alaska, uh, changed my phone number, kind of dropped off the face of the earth, uh, got off social media. So that was kind of when I lost touch with a lot of people. That was about eight, nine years ago. So that's when I really kind of, I always, I always joke. I mean, I did disappear for about two years. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we all do that some in some form or another. But yeah. uh, now, so that first year uh, uh, that you played in Toledo, um do you remember your first goal in Cherokee uniform? No, I really don't, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I cannot remember. No. Yeah, so, I mean, but uh, you, you did pretty good. I mean, I remember, especially with you being on a line like that, because Bubba and Brent, uh, they both were pretty uh, pretty skilled players, and the fact that you were up there too, um, you did pretty good. I mean, from what I can remember, I can remember you, I mean – you you didn't you weren't just the uh you weren't just the uh guy who stood there and 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 was the uh policeman you were the you also had a good set of hands on you i remember that i mean you didn't have the prettiest goals but they don't ask you how uh how pretty they are they ask you how many and you got you got your fair share and you did i thought you did pretty darn good uh and you know i think it's because you know you talk about yourself being a big boy uh, trust me, I, I I I dwarf you, okay? So don't worry, I dwarf oh, you. Oh, man, that was uh, about four years ago. I was 350 pounds, so. Well, that was four that was years ago. Point. I'm probably yeah. that today. <laughs> no, uh, not, not quite, but still, I'm in the neighborhood. Um, when I step on a scale, what's the old Rodney Dangerfield line? When I step on a on a scale, a card comes out and says, "Hey, one at a time." <laughs> Yeah, you know, I went through that a lot too. So, but anyway, so, but, um, so you cut, you, you played that part of that year in Toledo. Uh, now what was it that, where did you go from there after that year? Um, I actually went up to, uh, Port Hope, Ontario, uh, to play for the Port Hope Predators and, uh, I don't even know one of the leagues up in Canada. I, I forget which one it was. It wasn't the, uh, Southern Ontario. No, I, I, to be honest with you, I think at that point it was like the, uh, like the Ontario Provincial League or something like that, like the OPJHL, maybe something like that. Okay. I, I'm not sure if it's still, yeah, I mean, I've heard there's a lot of different, uh, different leagues and names out there, so it might be something different now, but I think that's what it was, the Ontario Junior League or something. Yeah. I mean, obviously not the OHL, it was never that good, so like the OPJ or something, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they've got the OHA up there, they've got the uh, one where the uh, 
oh gosh, they got the S- Southern Ontario Junior Hockey League. They've got they've got a few up there. So I know I know what you mean though. Um, now, when you went up there, I mean, how did you get recruited to go up there? Were you just uh, did somebody call you, or did you just try out? Um, I mean, somebody called me one day. I, I to be honest with you, I have no idea how they got my name, how they got my number, or anything. Uh, they just called me. Um, you know, uh, uh, they had me up for a visit just to see if I liked it, and basically from there, they just asked me if I wanted to play. And um, I told them, yeah. Uh, you know, I just thought it'd be something different. I mean, you can obviously tell from my stories here. I'm not that opposed to traveling to different places. Mm-hmm. So I just thought I'd kind of give it a try. Um, you know, I talked to Duncan about it. He said, you know, you know, it was a good opportunity. So. Uh, so yeah, I went from there. Okay. And what was it like while you were up there? Um, I mean, it was, it was definitely a great time. I mean, I made some good friends. Uh, we had some good times. Uh, definitely helped that the drinking age was 19. Uh, <laughs> so we had a lot more fun. Um, but you know, that's probably also got me a little trouble up there, but, uh, you know, it just, I don't know. It, you know, it just always seems to be the same thing. So I'm sure it always boils down to me. You know, like I said, in, in over in Boston, you know, I had, you know, one shift in the game, I had, you know, or, you know, one goal in the game, I had like two or three shifts. And then I go up to Canada to play for this team. And, you know, like I led the team in points by a large margin in preseason. And then all of a sudden the regular season started and uh, the guys didn't want to play me. Uh, never really understood what happened there. Uh, you know, they put me in one game. I think I had a goal and assist or just a goal or something like that. And again, you know, back to the, back to the stand. So I, I you know, that just never really stuck with me. I mean, I'm, you know, like I know I wasn't, you know, the greatest thing in the world, but, uh, you know, you know, when I'm putting, you know, when I'm showing myself and I'm showing I can do just fine, it, it just kind of drove me nuts. You know, I know I was always kind of, you know, in terms of practices, I always knew I was a little bit lazier and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, if you can prove it in the game, I just never understood that part. But so, again, I really don't know what happened there, but um, it, it, it just didn't work out. Okay. So, yeah. you, uh, so you decided to come back home then, come back to Toledo? Yeah. Yeah, so I went back to Toledo. And at that point, I basically just kind of knew that uh, – you know, chasing anything in terms of like, you know, like another D3 offer, if I still thought I could play D1, I, I don't know. Like, I knew all that stuff was kind of over. So um, I ended up just going back to Toledo. Um, you know, I actually enrolled to take a couple of classes over at Toledo just to kind of get my uh, my schooling back going. Um, yeah, yeah, just came back to Toledo. Okay. So what was it like the second time around? Um, I mean, it was definitely a lot of fun. You know, I got to play with Bub and Bane again. Um, you know, I mean, that team was really good. I mean, it was a really good team. I mean, a very, very good team. Uh, we just always had our struggles with the Buke. For some reason, the Buke always had our number. Um, and that was just always a struggle. But, uh, I mean, it was a really good team. You know, we had, you know, we had, well, like Jack, I'm pretty sure that was the year Jack Adele was the captain. Uh, uh, we had Brandon Bolter. You know, he was playing defense, solid defenseman. You know, I mean, we said, uh, I'm pretty sure Doug Lindensmith was there at that point. You know, so we said a lot of pretty good players. Uh, you know, people like put the puck in the net. You know, I'm pretty sure it was the first year what was his name? Evan Johnson played, you know, he was a solid little shifty player. I'm just trying to think of any other names I could come up with, but you know, it, it was definitely a good year, a uh, good team. It, you know, I mean, somebody else I was always, you know, very, very close to somebody I really liked to was uh, Jay Clark. I mean, he was always a good friend of mine when we were playing, um, you know, hadn't heard from him in forever, but I mean, he was definitely somebody, you know, I got along with and always kind of enjoyed his style of play. You know, he was a tough kid. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was, it was a good time. It was a good team. Okay. Now, uh, did uh, you feel like anything changed from the second year from the first at all? Uh, Duncan yelled at me a lot more. I know that. Uh, <laughs> apparently, yeah. Um, no, not really. Not really. I mean, 
I feel like I was, you know, it was, I know it was a lot of the same kids uh, from the year before. I mean, you know, we did have a few new, newer players, but um, you know, I feel like I kind of fell back in pretty seamlessly. Well, I guess the reason I say that is like, did you, or the expectations of you any different? Uh, were there, maybe that's why Dunk would yell at you a little more is uh, maybe, you know, did you have like any kind of change in terms of your role, like maybe more of a leadership role or anything or? I mean, I'm, well, you know, it's tough to, tough to confirm the leadership thing, but obviously, you know, at, you know, like at that point I was, you know, I was a 20 something. So obviously, you know, I was, you know, I was aging out at that point. So obviously, you know, you kind of get put in that natural position anyways. Um, you know, you know, like I know Duncan always wanted more out of me. I mean, I know, you know, I know why he was so hard on me and things like that. Um, but, uh, in terms of, you know, in terms of needing more, I mean, I felt like, I feel like the best thing I did is I just came in and took some of the heat and the expectations off of, uh, Bubba and Banks. I know that was the year where, uh, Bubba was chasing a hundred points on the season. And, um, you know, I just know, you know, there was a lot expected out of those two. So I feel like this kind of came back in, just kind of gave him a little bit more relief. And that's the way I like to look at it. You know, um, you know, just somebody to kind of take some, you know, some of it off their shoulders, I guess. Okay. Now, um, you know, I mean, being in that room and of course being one of the older guys, um, what was it like from a standpoint of the chemistry in the locker room? Was there a lot of, I mean, was, was it a pretty tight bunch or, uh, uh, some clicks in there, you know, uh, gr- uh, subgroups, I guess, uh, or anything like that. Um, you know, it, it was definitely different. Uh, things that would split it up would be like the kids that were still in high school and the kids that weren't in high school, obviously, just cause it gave us, you know, some more freedoms that, uh, you know, obviously during the week and stuff, uh, you know, they couldn't really do as much. Um, I always felt like we were a pretty tight, tight knit group though. I mean, I know I spent, you know, I spent the majority of my time outside the rank, probably with Brandon Bolter. I mean, he was definitely one of my best friends going as we were going through those teams. Um, it, but, uh, you know, actually in the locker room, I always thought we had a ton of fun. I mean, I was always, I mean, I never took things too serious. That's probably another reason why Doug yelled at me all the time. But, uh, you know, I, I was feeling we had a lot of fun in the locker rooms. It was a good time. I mean, that's, you know, I'm, I'm sure 90% of the guys that have done this with you will tell you that the thing they missed the most is the locker room stuff. So, you know, I mean, those are the times I look back on the most. You know, it's not so much on the ice or anything. It's really those times in the locker room. So that obviously means that, uh, you know, we must have had a great time together. Yep. Now, uh, were you a prankster of sorts in the locker room, or or did you orchestrate any, or was it mostly other guys in the room? Uh, I mean, I, I definitely, you could probably, people would probably tell you I'd like to pull a prank or two. I was, uh, I was quick with the icy hot. Okay, so what did you do? You got you to gotta tell me. What did you do with the icy hot? I mean, I got uh, I got Brandon Bolter pretty good. He was, uh, you know, I mean, he was one of those guys that didn't wear a shirt, um, you know, under his shoulder pads. Uh, obviously, first thought was to put it in the jock, but you know, you have to have a soul at some point, especially when you're going to play a game. So basically, right before the game, I slathered a nice uh, helping of icy out on his shoulder pads, and then just watched the uh, watch the anger ensue as he skated out for warmups. <laughs> oh, lovely. Yeah, not even during practice. I decided to get him during a game for some reason. Because, like, I, I think it, I could be way off on this, but, like, I, I think there was somebody coming to the game or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, one of those, you know, he had a girl in the stands or something, and, uh, or, 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 you know, maybe his parents were coming to that one. But I just, you know, just had the opportunity, and I took it. <laughs> I love this. Um, so, who were you, like, the top prankster, or were there other guys that carried that title? Man. I don't know. I don't know if I really consider myself the top prankster. I mean, I definitely know. I mean, heck, if we even want to go back another year, I remember, 
good old Ryan Wall. That's another name for you, oh, too. Oh, yeah. You know, he was there for a year. I mean, you know, because I had played with him in Columbus, too, so I knew him pretty well. So, uh, you know, we had some fun together for sure, me and him. But, uh, I, you know, the year we're talking about. Well, either one. I, I, I probably don't care. said it was. I probably said it was. Uh, now, when you when it was you and Wally, I mean, when you, were you, did you guys do the same stuff in Toledo that you did in Columbus? Um, I'll say yes, but not yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and him, uh, me and him enjoyed uh, similar things, except he really enjoyed the workout stuff I did, and that's why he was a lot better looking than I was. <laughs> he was a man child, though, man. That guy looked yes, like he was. was he looked like he was like about 38 when he came to yeah. us, you know, yeah, that yeah. big, that big froey hair and uh, the beard and mustache. I mean, o- Ogie Oglethorpe. Man. Yes, he did. He, uh, that's uh, the first he, thing I he thought. He skated of. like Ogie too. <laughs> that's very, oh man, that is too funny. And he was a Florida kid too. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, I, he, he, man, I'll never forget the fight he got in. Uh, was that, was that with Dubuque? Yeah. yeah, he was a tough, yeah, he was a tough sob, wasn't he? Yes, he was, and uh, he could that he was like a man child. I mean, that guy could, that guy could just yeah. hit with the best of them. He and, could, so, and and he looked like he looked like a man amongst boys when he was out there. But that's because of his size. He was a big yeah. boy. Yeah, so, not because yeah. of his skill. Not definitely not his hands. That's for sure. <laughs> Those things were coated in cement. <laughs> oh man. Oh, but uh, so now. Who are, I mean, what guys do you think that surprised you as far as uh, the type of hockey player they were, whether it be because of their offensive uh, production or even uh, their toughness? Hey, you know, as we keep doing this, I keep thinking of new names too, you know, like I'm you know, thinking of some of the guys, even from Sylvania, like a Matt Cook, who was always a solid player, Spencer Jordan, but uh, somebody I, I really always admired was... Uh, Jack Goodell, because he was just like a really steady, steady, steady defenseman. You know what I mean? He wasn't flashy, but man, you could not. I mean, he was basically like, you know, like the Nick Lidstrom of the freaking CSHL. You know what I mean? Like, you couldn't get past him. Yeah. Guy was, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, he had a freaking brilliant mind. Isn't he like a molecular chemist or something, I think? So, I mean, yeah. it's just. Yeah, he's out west. I did one of these with him a while back. Yeah. And- yeah, and he's not like the he's not like a, a guy who shoots his mouth off either. He's no. probably one of the more quiet guys you'll ever run into. Yeah, but again, he was probably you know I mean he was probably the most respected guy in the locker room. So you know he was just always somebody you know it just you know it just you know like not in terms of skill or anything, just in terms of attitude and just uh, you know the way the way people gravitate towards him, even though he probably didn't even know it. So well, that's a good thing. That's nothing wrong yeah. with that. So now. um so you played in you play in Toledo the second year. Uh, what uh, who did you consider to be? Was it Dubuque or who did you consider to be the team that got your your dander up and got you got you all fired up whenever uh, you got to play against them? I mean, it was Dubuque for sure. I mean, they were always you know like I know like St. Louis like had their teams back then. You know they they were pretty solid. But I mean St. Louis was I mean they were just a bunch of fancy dons out there. They were. But, uh, you know, I mean, Dubuque was a team that, you know, like you had to worry about skill and you also had to worry about just getting your ass kicked, too. I mean, you know, I mean, they had some big, you know, they had those big farm boys, but they also had the skill. I mean, they were just, they were a team from top to bottom that just kind of gave the whole league and really us fits. You know, I mean, if you look back at some of our records, I bet you we, you know, were pretty damn close to undefeated against other teams. But, uh, you know, you know, we really struggled against Dubuque. Yeah. So, um, I just remember, I think it was the following year, maybe, uh, after I think it was the year after you were there, 
that we actually beat them twice in the ice house uh, in overtime. So that was uh, probably one of the, and then uh, subsequently they went to the, they got a USHL team again and, Oh, they did, yeah. Yeah, so they went back there. So, but, Probably uh, good, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all those fans, that stadium, yeah, I mean, they deserve something better than what they had, that's for sure. Well, hey, you know, it was good for the CSHL. I mean, they had was, several right. thousand, several, I mean, it was it was like almost like a minor league game. You yeah. Know? Oh, that's true. You're right, yeah. yeah it's a fun place to play. Yes. So, uh, but now, you so you finished playing uh, your second season in Toledo. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, was it going to be uh, – all golf all the time or did you even did you play in college uh golf yeah or golf no i did not because by then i was i don't know i had lost all the contacts i had basically took four years off and by then i just couldn't get back you know i mean four years without really going hard at golf is a big deal so i got lost all my opportunities there and uh ended up just going down to college arizona state what drew you there uh the sunshine and the blonde hair oh that all okay yeah Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nothing. I mean, you know, I end up, uh, you know, I got to play like what is like ACHA hockey, or whatever the heck down there, that club stuff. You yeah. know, so I played that down there. Hey, that's okay. good uh, hockey, man. Yeah, that's some good hockey down there too. Yeah. The Arizona State's always had a real competitive team. So. Yeah, yeah, we were pretty good, I and mean, we had a good, uh, we had a good team. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it was a lot of fun. It just gives you like that instant group of friends at a college. Because I mean, I went down by myself. I didn't know anybody, and I didn't know anybody in the entire state. I just thought it'd be fun. So I went on down. That's a good thing, man. That's yeah. cool. Now, you know, because I know we've had probably about, oh, I'd say probably maybe five or six guys that I know of that went down there to play at Arizona State. And uh, yeah. so, you know, I mean, that's uh, like I said, it's a good school. And yeah. they, like I said, their their hockey down there is good. So you Yeah, know, I mean, now they got a D1 team, right? Yep. I'm pretty sure, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so, they've done well. Yes, they have. So now um, you you go down there. And how long were you down there for? Uh, I was there for one year. One year. Okay. And then I transferred to uh, Kent State over over near Cleveland, Kent, Ohio. Okay. And uh, did you finish up at Kent State or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm graduating there, and I you know, I played. I don't even know. I played. I played here and there on their club team, because uh, at that point I was just kind of over hockey. Uh, but I used hockey as a way to make friends. But I just really, I'm not gonna lie to you, Mick. By then I just really had no interest in it. I was just done. I was. I was overweight. I was out of shape. I really didn't, you know, I didn't do anything positive. And uh, it started to get to the point where it was just, like, embarrassing. You know, like, I remember, like, you know, getting, like, beat on a one-on-one by somebody. And, like, I was, like, stuck in quicksand. And at that point, I was just like, yeah, I, this is over. You know what I mean? When you get to a point where you just get embarrassed. So it wasn't fun anymore. I was going to say, you know, we all have that time where we get burned out some. So um, so you finished. Now, what did you graduate uh, Kent State in with? A degree in what? Um, I'm actually an English teacher. Really? <laughs> yeah. If you can believe that one. No, I don't mean it like that. I mean, it's oh, like... Oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's where I went. Yeah, so yeah. I, uh, I got my degree in uh, integrated language arts, it's called. So I'm a language arts teacher. Wow. I'm impressed. Yeah. I'm, And I mean that. I, you know, yeah. I mean, I know a lot of times people get, will bust each other's chops about stuff, but no, I'm legitimately impressed. Um, yeah. So, Tim, um... So you you get your degree. Now, where where did you hope to uh, teach? Were you looking to go maybe back out down to uh, Arizona, or were you looking to maybe come back home? Or well, I mean, this is this is where it takes quite the turn in my life. So I actually left Arizona State because 
at Arizona State's when I basically said I was going to be a teacher. Right? So I, I mean, I had no idea what I want to do with my life. And uh, so I said, okay, I'll be a teacher. I mean, my mom's an English teacher. Uh, seemed like she had fun. Um, you know, I, I'd love to say it had nothing to do with the summers off, but I think at this point in my life, I could probably admit to that. But um, so well, I ended up transferring to Kent State because I just knew it would be so much cheaper, right? If I were to graduate from Arizona State, I probably would have had, you know, close to $80,000 in debt just because I was so expensive it is. So I went to Kent for that reason. And then when I graduated, I actually got the opportunity to teach on the west coast of Alaska on the Bering Sea. Oh, my. Yeah. That is definitely not a place i'd expect so how yeah so you took you took the gig up in alaska uh yep so i did uh two years up there and, and you know when i say it's on the west coast it was in um it was in one of the native villages up there right so it's called uh uh, uh quinnahawk is the village right quinnahawk q-u-i-n-h-a-g-a-k so i so i go up there and uh that's where i started teaching at wow now uh was it high school grade school or uh, I was teaching basically you know, like a little bit of the middle school and also the high school. But, I mean, I'm basically certified to teach uh, junior high and high school. Now, uh, oh, man, I'm presuming it's like uh, being on the West Coast, you're looking at out in the middle of nowhere? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the closest village to, to, to you know, to Quinnahawk was about 42 miles, I think. It was a village of about, um, you know, 700 people. Uh, only way you can get there is by like a you know a small like single engine plane, a boat, or if it freezes over, you can take uh, snowmobiles and four wheelers. Oh dear! Now yeah. that did he, now in being teaching in school, that's uh, up there in the winter. That's when you have like 19 or so hours of uh, nighttime, yep. and during the summer you have like uh, the same amount of, of daylight. Yep. Oh yeah. How? What was the adjustment like for you? Oh, it's actually funny. Uh, you know, a, a trick that uh, people do up there is to put foil on the windows in, uh, in the summer because it's the best thing to keep the glare or just the sunlight themselves out, especially in the bedrooms. But you know, like when they say you know 19 hours of light, what they mean is 19 hours of sunlight, and then the other five hours is like dusk. It doesn't even get like actually pitch black, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then, and, and then in the winter, basically you get a solid sunshine from about. You know, ten thirty to you know two o'clock maybe. Ooh. So you know, I'm you know, so I'm walking, you know, getting to school in the dark and going home in the dark. Wow, that's yeah. I, I, I just I've had a couple guys from Alaska on on the podcast and they make it sound like it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't oh, think yeah, I could was, do that. It was amazing. It was amazing. Really. Yeah. Wow. I, I just I don't know from a from a, uh, that much daytime and that much nighttime. <laughs> I don't know if I could yeah. do that. You get some good sleep though. You get some good sleep in the winter. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's called hibernation. Uh, but, yeah, you're not wrong there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, so now, uh, did you just uh, did you do just like your two years and said okay I'm done I'm gonna move yeah. on or did you were you like tempted at all to maybe stay there at all? Well, I mean it's funny because. Uh, I actually, uh, I actually dragged my wife down from there too. She's actually a uh, native Alaskan. She's a Yupik girl that, that I stole from the village. <laughs> That's what I would say. So, uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, we kind of thought about different options, but uh, you know, she told me she, you know, she liked to take a try down here. So, you know, I, I'm always appreciative of that. We've, we've been down here about six years. Wow, that's that's awesome. Now, uh, uh, now, you know, I mean, you come down here and. Uh, you start teaching down here. Uh, did, I mean, 
was there anything different you did down here versus what you did up there as far as the way you teach? Um, I mean, it definitely is, you know, I mean, up there, you know, I mean, there are some kids that will get to college and stuff like that or stuff like that. But, you know, like the cool thing about up there is their life is all centered on family and making sure family's good. So like, you know, the big thing's all about like subsistence, right? Like, you know, gathering, hunting, things like that. So, so many of like, especially the boys in the class, you know, they were more, they were more useful in their world than I probably will ever be. You know what I mean? Cause they, you know, they, you know, they provide for their families through, you know, like the way they hunt, the way they fish. And, you know, if they have a bad trip, then it could be a bad week of food. So those kids need to be taught, you know, completely different skills. Whereas here, I believe, you know, the most important thing we should be teaching these kids all about communication. You know, yeah. communication is the biggest thing we do up there. You know, I mean, it's a very quiet people. They don't, you know, they're not, you know, they do a lot of stuff, you know, uh, communication through nonverbal. So, you know, it was very hard to get them to talk, especially to, you know, I hate to put this, but especially to a white person. I can understand that. You know, it's a totally different culture, totally different people. And um, so down here, it's, it's really all communication-based. I think that's the most important thing these kids need because I don't think many of them can communicate. So that's what I try to instill down here. Okay. Now, uh, so do you ever – it doesn't sound like it, but I'm going to ask anyway – do you ever get a a, a a a time at all where you miss the game at all? Um, to be honest with you, I I had I haven't been on a pair of skates since I was in Alaska. Um, probably so probably about seven seven eight years ago was the last time I actually put on a pair of skates. Uh, it's actually funny you asked me that question because for the longest time I tell anybody that asks I hate hockey, which was kind of the truth for a while there. Like you know I kind of wouldn't even admit to that I actually played. But uh, I actually got back in touch with um, Ian Duncan through Facebook, too, you know, here probably about a month ago. Ever since I've talked to him, he's freaking got me back watching hockey. So it's funny you say that because I went through about 10 years and wanted nothing to do with the game. And here about the last month, uh, I've actually found myself watching games and contemplating maybe uh, getting back on the ice and coaching again. So, Well, that was going to be my next question was, do you see yourself at any point wanting to – you know, if, I mean, if uh, you ever have a family uh, or anything like that, do you ever see yourself wanting to maybe coach? Or, you know, I mean, that's part teaching. Well, I actually do have a uh, – I have a son that's going to be four next week, a uh, week from tomorrow, actually, on March 5th, he turns four. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I mean, every time he'd say something about hockey, I always kind of just make a joke about it and kind of try to move on. But, uh, you know, my dad has kind of talked about hockey here and there with him, but um, – yeah, I think with this chain, because it sounds like I might be coaching here in the fall next year. It's kind of a tentative thing. I really, you know, I don't want to talk about it before it's for sure, because I hate to jinx it, because it just seems like a cool opportunity. But, um, I mean, I definitely see myself getting back into it. I, you know, I've coached, you know, because the sport I really got into has been soccer. In the past 10 years, all been soccer for me. Like, I followed really big in Europe, and I actually started coaching the uh, uh, girls' varsity team down here at uh, uh, Crestview High School in Convoy. So I was coaching them, and you know, I mean that kind of got my juices flowing in terms of hockey because I mean I always say soccer is just hockey, but just double the size. Yeah. You know, same motion, same thing. So I mean, actually, it's funny. You know, it's funny you did say that because yeah, I mean I do see coaching in my future because I do enjoy. I, I enjoy that aspect, you know, trying to pass on stuff. So it sounds like you're starting to slowly, very slowly, uh, start to develop a uh, some some emotions uh, for the game again. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what it's, I mean, I'm just, this is just me, my two cents, take it for yeah. what it's worth. But it sounds like, yeah, you had a nasty breakup with, with the game 
and it sounds like you're slowly starting to put it back together and maybe have a, you know, it's like you're, you're dating again, you know, that's it. You're, you're not, you're, you're not ready to commit and fall in love and get, you know, you know, to the game again yet, but it just sounds like, you're, it sounds like you're in a courtship right now and kind of like the uh, leasing with the option to buy, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's probably a great way to put it. I mean, I definitely had a pretty uh, bad breakup, I guess, if you want to put it that way. You know, I mean, hockey, uh, you know, I mean, my wife hates when I talk about stuff, but, you know, I mean, it's probably an arguable point. There's people do hear this, they might get mad, but, you know, I was, I was probably the best, I was probably the best hockey player that ever came out of Toledo in terms of talent, but uh, I just never want to put the work into it. And, um, you know, if I would have, if I would have had the mind that I had now, uh, it's still like a 15 year old being, uh, I think it would have been pretty dangerous for the game of hockey, to be honest with you. And, um, you know, so that, you know, that disappointment of, you know, basically pissing away a whole lot of talent and realizing it later in life, you know, like I know a lot of people go through that stuff, but you know, you just never know. I mean, I, you know, like I watch, you know, I watch some of the guys that, you know, got farther than I did. I know, you know I had a lot more talent than they did, but you know, they just worked, you know, they had a work ethic that I just never had. And, you know, I'm not, that's not, you know, I, I commend the hell out of them, you know, because when, you know, when you hear somebody say, oh, that player has it, well, what it is, is that mental, is that mental thing, you know, the mental work ethic at a young age. And, you know, it's amazing to me, you know, the people that did make it because they had that drive. You know, some people with a lot less talent made a hell of a lot farther than I did, but they just worked a hell of a lot harder than I ever did. So it was tough to get over that. It was tough to ever admit that, too. That's kind of what, yeah, that was the hardest part was actually admitting that to myself, so. Well, you look at it this way. I think that's probably the win- the door that needed to be opened before yeah. before, you, before you could allow yourself to have any good feelings about the game again. Yeah, I think because that, I, trust me, it, when it comes to that kind of stuff, uh, you're not alone. Yeah. There are so many other people, including yours truly, that have gone through that. Okay, yeah. it, it isn't necessarily always with the game of hockey, but other yeah. aspects of life. You go through that where you have regrets. You sit there and you go, dude, what? That's ridiculous. And you sit there and it's like, but there's an old saying. It's the only way out is through. And so once you do that, you're going to, I think you're going to realize that, hey, it's okay. You're going to learn to like yourself again, forgive yourself for that, and just move on. Because you've got a lot of first of all you got a lot of living yet to do and you've learned a lot that's the key you learned a lot tim and that's what's going to get you through with your uh teaching your your son and uh early happy birthday to him by the way and uh also to your wife you know so you're the she she's the president of your fan club so i mean it's you know it's pretty easy to figure out the turning point you know it was about just about four years ago when i had this epiphany and you know my son's gonna be about four so it's pretty easy to figure out the connection there, right? Eh, just a little. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. a little. So it's you know, it's time to grow up. Be honest with myself. So yeah. Well, and you know what? You did. That's yeah. the, that's the good news. You did because there's a lot yeah. of people that haven't, and I know yeah. them. I know some personally that yeah. have not. And the the fact that you have that's going to carry you a long way in in doing good and leaving a positive mark in this world. So don't don't worry. Um, but, uh, so now the, um, you know, we, we talked about that as far as what you would tell your younger self, what would you tell, uh, someone else? Like someone, if, if you had a chance to walk into say the Cherokee locker room now, 
what would you say to those kids? Is what would there be any advice you'd want to give them? I mean, yeah, it'd be you know, I mean, it's not about sports at all. I just tell them find their passion. Um, you know, it's it's you know, if you know, it's a saying that you know, I know it's been said by many more people, but you know, I mean, Tim Tebow said it the most recently. He said, you know, the easiest way to success is waking up every day and being excited and being excited about what you're doing. So, you know, I mean, if you can find your passion, you can find, you know, what makes you truly happy. And again, that could be anything. That could be, you know, that could be a woman. That could be a sport. It could be a job. It could be anything. It, it, it doesn't have to be one thing. It could be anything in the world. But just to find that thing that makes you want to wake up in the morning and be excited. And that's what you got to find. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. Now, um, so uh, have you ever, th- I mean, are you looking, do you know what level, if you do coach? Do you know what group of age group you want to work with or eventually work with? Yeah, I mean, it'd be, you know, right there in the 14, 15 range, you know, right, right at that opportunity where they're basically going from, you know, as they're starting to get a little fuzz on their nuts, I guess, and stuff like that. And they start to kind of understand, you know, the game more, more about, more than just the game. They can, you know, you actually talk to those kids about life and stuff like that, you know. So basically, you know, like the freshmen's in high school, that'd be perfect. That type of age, you know, I mean, those are kids that, you know, those are kids I enjoy the most in school. Uh, I think that'd be the spot in hockey that'd be perfect for me. Um, you know, you know, right there, you know, right there a couple of years before high school or, you know, a year before high school, right there your first year of high school, somewhere there would be good for me. So you're looking at like uh, uh, ba- uh, Bantam, rather? About yeah, Bantam age? Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Bantam's would be perfect. Yeah. Okay. So um, now, uh, do you look at someday maybe wanting to coach uh, at a higher level, like juniors or or no, uh, college? No, I don't think so. I don't think so because uh, uh, I mean, by then it's just too late. I think in terms of true impact, you know, I mean, you might be able to catch one or two, but if you're coaching younger age, you're going to get them all, and that's what's. Uh, you know, I mean, that's the part that really matters, you know, I mean, these, you know, unfortunately, you know, the family dynamics breaking down across, you know, basically the world and stuff. So, you know, a lot of these kids need, need that direction earlier in life. And I feel like, you know, I, I don't want to catch them at a younger age, you know, 14, 15, I think it'd be perfect for me. Okay. And besides that, you've got the background with uh, your time up in Alaska, you know, you can always teach them, you can always teach them to hunt and fish. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, they uh, teach me a thing or two. Yeah, yeah, probably. Anyway, so I'll I'll wind her up with this. A couple of more questions here, and that is, um, who would you say uh, were were the folks that impacted you the most in your in your life on the ice, and the ones that impacted you the most off the ice? Yeah, I mean, I guess the cliche answer would be my parents. Uh, you know, mostly my, you know, I, you know, my mom will probably hate this, but, uh, you know, probably mostly my dad in terms of everything, you know, I'm, you know, 32 going on 33 and I basically, you know, I, you know, the one thing I want most in life is his approval, you know, I mean, I, you know, that's cliche too, you know, hot, son want approval from his dad, imagine that, right? But, uh, you know, that's just always been, you know, it's been a relationship that's been under, you know, under construction for a while, um, you know, it's something that, uh, you know, I mean, he gave me, he, you know, the one thing I can never argue about is he gave me every opportunity to do whatever the hell I wanted to do. And uh, I mean I mean he's gonna have the most impact on me, you know, past, present, and future. So yeah, I mean that'll never change. How about on the ice? Um on the ice. It could be a coach, it could be a teammate, it could be uh the popcorn vendor. Yeah. Man, 
it's not. Man, it's a tough one. The person that impacted me the most on the ice, they probably have no idea. They'll probably never know, but it's probably um, Tom and Eric LeBoy. Uh, you know, I mean, Tom LeBoy being my first coach, you know, the first person I really called coach, you know, Coach Tom. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, he was just, you know, we had so many memories of, you know, you know, you know he's the one that really, you know, my first years of hockey and things like that, he was the one that really, I don't know if guided is the word, you know what I mean? He was the one that was there. And then, Eric was just, again, you know, I played with him. And, you know, if you take the first 18 years of my hockey career, or, you know, the first 15 years or whatever, I probably played with him for 11 years. You know, I'd be on the same line on the same team. And, um, you know, he's he's somebody that, you know, I've always said he's like the most underrated hockey player in the history of hockey because, you know, he, he, he never got any, uh, you know, he's never got any recognition. But, uh, you know, he was just somebody that was always there and, uh, you know, I was considered a really good friend, and uh, it was just, yeah, I'd, I'd say those two people. But, you know, again, you know, again, you know, I got to throw my dad in there, too, because, you know, he was the one that was, you know, coming home from a day at work at 5, 30, 6 o'clock and going out shooting pucks with me. And, you know, so, again, I'm not going to sit there say my dad didn't have anything there because he was the one that was there for everything, you know, travel all over the world, yet he'd still make it to every tournament I had. So, yeah, That's those funny. people, I guess, yeah. That's pretty good. Now, yeah. um now, uh, let's see, to finish up, is yeah. there anything you want to say to uh, Cherokee Nation? Because different folks from different eras of the team, as well as fans, I mean, just a lot of people listen to this thing. I don't know why. It sure ain't me. But uh, they, they, they do listen well, to it. i tell you what, Mick, they're really not going to listen to this one, but yeah. <laughs> I beg to differ, Mr. Hurst. I beg to differ. Uh, but, uh, they do, they listen, especially even if, when they don't, you know, like I got guys on here that played, but didn't play with the guys that they listen to and they learn, they learn stuff. They learn stuff about these guys. And, and so, you know, and they talk amongst themselves, all that good stuff. Like, like they do in school, uh, you talk amongst yourselves, children. And, uh, you know, it's like, that's what they do. I mean, that's, it's because they have that bond that they wore, they wore that Jersey. And it meant something to them and still does mean something to them. And so that's why they, um, that's why they, they tune in and, and some, some do reconnect, you know, it happens. So, you know, but I, that's why I'm asking, you know, I mean, if there's anything in particular you want to uh, say to the, to the base that is listening to this. Um. You know, like I don't want to say the cliche stuff, you know, I, you know, like I know there are a lot of people around that did a lot of stuff, you know, uh, you know, since I've been back on Facebook, obviously, you know, you know, getting back in touch with, you know, Big Mo, I mean, Big Mo did everything for us to see, still killing it there. Yep. Um, you know, I mean, the kids still have to deal with that, but uh, it is what it is. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously, you know, obviously Duncan just, you know, I mean, he was always, you know, I mean, he's somebody I look up to, he's somebody I respect, he's somebody that, you know, I, you know, I appreciate everything he did. Um, you know, I mean, going back to Bubba and Bain, obviously those guys were, yeah, I mean, those are some, you know, like I know I talk about playing, playing stuff, but I mean, the most fun I probably had on the ice playing hockey was probably playing with Bubba Bain. I mean, just, you know, you know, just through creativity, just through, you know, you know, those guys were so skilled with the puck. It made my, it just made my life so easy. So, you know, those times were fun. And then, you know, like the way that the fans always come out the ice house, you know, it was always kind of surprising. You know, you think that, you know, you can have like five, ten people there, your parents would be in the stands, but, you know, you got some decent people showing up and, uh, you know, you know, it was fun to play for them. It was fun to be there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, just overall a good time. 
Hey, can't ask for more than that, man. But I'll uh, tell you what, Tim, uh, for someone who didn't think you were going to have a lot to say or anything like that, uh, I'd say you did pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you did. So don't 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 sell yourself short, mister. Uh, just you, you did fine. And I'm really grateful that I got to reconnect with you a little bit. And, uh, you know, I hope uh, we get to talk again because I, I think you have a whole lot to offer. And um, I, I really look forward to it. I mean, I know when if we ever get back to something resembling normal, we're going to have a reunion. And uh, just where we get to all, you know, maybe go to a catch a Cherokee game and all of us sit in the stands and have a couple pops and and uh, laugh out loud like crazy and uh, stuff like that. I know we'll probably have an alumni game or something like that of sorts, but uh, I, I don't think you'll see me out there <clears throat> anyway, because I was just a broad, I was just a broadcaster anyway. So. But uh, still, the point is, is that I want us all to kind of reconnect a little bit because I think it's good not only for all of us, you know, that have been away from each other for so long, but also the fact that it's good for the game. You know, it, 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 the fact that we could talk and reconnect and it's also a chance to, you know, like I say, remember why it is that we loved the game in the first place, you know, regardless of what went happened after we still had a time where we loved this game and, it, and, and it was a fun time. And that's what I want to bring out is that and that's why i hope uh someday we'll we'll get you out there to sit in the stands at least and uh you know well like i said have a few laughs maybe we can get uh brent and bubba to come out who knows so it'd be, it'd be a good time man so but hey i appreciate you taking the time to do this my friend and uh i i hope we touch base again because like i said you, you you've got a lot to offer and and uh especially being a teacher that one still, that one still got me. I mean, it's like, wow, Tim Hurst, teacher, <laughs> you know, I think that's great. I really do because I think that's, I think that helps too with, uh, it helps the, uh, the fact that you're around your kid all the time, but then being around other kids, I think it also gives them a, a different perspective and it also gives you a different perspective. At least I like to think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, Tim, thank you, my friend. And, uh, right, hey, thanks, Nick. yep, you bet. Thank you. Well, that's going to do it here for episode 55 of the Cherokee Rewind. Don't forget, all you got to do is subscribe to whatever, uh, platform you use, whether it's iHeartRadio, uh, TuneIn app, uh, uh, Spotify, Google, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. Just subscribe to Cherokee Rewind. And every time a new episode drops, it will notify you that way you don't have to miss any of the episodes or wonder where you're going to hear it next. So just do that. And that's how you do it. So for Tim Hurst, I am Mick saying thank you so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you again next time on the Cherokee Rewind. <laughs>